there's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux! Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. This is uh, Season 5, Episode 15. An episode, well, we couldn't quite decide what to call it. The Elenuk or the Gillen. So we decided to double it up. We're, we're calling it the Elenuk slash Gillen. The, the Randy Elenuk, the Pat Gillen. Uh, of course, a couple of legendary players who wore the number 15 in the year 1991. This episode has a bit of a 91 feel. We took the time machine back 32 years. 32 years, Randy, imagine. Yikes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's co-host Tom here, and I am with, as always, co-host Randy. Randy, how are you doing today? Well, you know, if this is 1991, then I'm probably wearing uh, like an old school Jets jersey and... I don't know, like some neon, there's neon pants or I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's some, some neon, sort of, yeah, sure. Yeah, somewhere in there. Maybe uh, a starter jacket if you were. Oh, probably uh, had one know. of those, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I probably have a whole bunch of hockey cards like to open and scattered yeah. around too. Yeah. Um, yeah, 91, good year. And then obviously uh, a good re- good year for music, like, like we were just talking before the show and we got yeah. some uh you know uh curated selections from some canadian artists from that's 1991. right we're gonna throw some all CanCon uh 1991 hits at you during this show the reason we're going back to 91 is because last episode we were talking about uh maybe doing a bit of a redraft of a select draft year because um we kind of got into like you know 2020 hindsight about a certain draft and so we, we, we settled on looking at the 1991 draft for a couple of reasons, which we'll get into during the second segment of the show, um, but that's the one we're going to do. So we decided, let's just do a whole 91 theme here. And uh, so Pat Elenuk and Randy Gillen, a couple of guys who wore the number 15 during the season, 91-92. And um, Randy Gillen, actually, did you know Randy? Uh, co-host Randy, that Randy Gillen, he was the first German-born player to win the Stanley Cup. He did it with the uh, 1991 Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, how, how funny is that? There we yeah, go, right? 1991, full Mario's circle. Pens. Um, and that's that's the show. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, Randy, you were mentioning he actually lives here in Winnipeg these days. Yeah, well, he's he's tied in with the Winnipeg Jets organization. I'm not sure if he's well. I know he's like obviously part of the alumni group, but yeah, I think there's some sort of because he played on the Moose. He stuck around. Yeah, I think yeah. he's he's made his home here in Winnipeg. Uh, I do believe. I think in uh, Crescent Steel chat, um, 
I think uh, listener Kyle Antonchuk once talked about being on Randy Gillen's boat once. So, oh, uh, very nice. <laughs> fun, fun fact. Uh, yeah, that but, is a yeah. fun fact. Yeah, <laughs> I, he played he played junior hockey with the Winnipeg Warriors and the Saskatoon Blades. The and uh, I said the Winnipeg Warriors. What what's that? My Western heritage doesn't go back uh, as far as that. So the Winnipeg Warriors moved to Moose Jaw and became the Moose Jaw Warriors. Um, the uh and then the the saskatoon blades are still still there still doing it but randy gillen had we'll just before we get into pat ellenek at number 15 randy gillen had himself a uh fifth uh, sorry an 11 year nhl career played in 457 games over those 11 years um he was he was a a centerman six foot 190 pounds um and he played for Oh, six different teams or so. Uh, I, think Winnipeg. They, I think they call that a journeyman. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was for sure a journeyman. You know, he put up 115 points across those 457 games. Um, so it's not like he was a scorer. But I mean, if you were a, a kid in the early 90s collecting hockey cards, um, you probably, and I'll post this picture on our Instagram page, but you probably recall the the look the sharp look of randy gillen in a la kings uniform or even a jets uniform going back you know um to the late 80s and then he, he ended his career with winnipeg as well but he he, he was said, also a, a face-off specialist that's right. that was that was his uh his mo yeah yeah so yeah he's he like we said he he won a stanley cup with pittsburgh he played two years with pittsburgh um and actually, his best offensive season ever was with Pittsburgh. The year they won their first cup, he uh, he scored 15 goals, 10 assists in 72 games. So you know, in those days, that's probably a fourth line center kind of thing. Um, and uh, yeah, get out there, win some faceoffs, kill some penalties, all that. Um, and uh, but he had stops in uh, New York for the Rangers. Uh, he played two games for the Hartford Whalers. He only played 33 games for the LA Kings, despite how, in my mind, how iconic he looks in a Kings jersey. It was really yeah. only 33 games there. Um, he split. He played 11 games for Tampa and 20, 20 games for Florida. So yeah, the bulk of his games were with Pittsburgh and Winnipeg, and the Rangers. He did sp- uh, play 73 games there. So um, yeah, Ra- uh, Randy Gillen, born in Schwebrücken, Germany, and. Uh, yeah, number fifteen, and of course, um, uh, played his junior hockey with Winnipeg as well. So, how about Pat Elenek? You you remember Pat? He was a a long time, long time Jet, I guess. Uh, and by long time, I mean, uh, you know, two hundred eighty nine games. <laughs> as I as I just look <laughs> yeah. up his stats here, but it he was seemed a guy, longer. Yeah, it did. It did. He played. He really only was in the NHL for nine years, 506 games. Uh, he did have 342 points though. He, he could score a little bit and he had a bit of, he had, you know, a handful of pretty good offensive seasons for Winnipeg before um, being dealt to Washington. Um, well, he was probably riding shotgun with Dale Howardchuck and Thomas Steen, you know, right. For the yeah. most part, so on the sense, on the yeah. on the top line, yeah, 
Yeah, he had seasons of 26, 32, 31, 25 goals for Winnipeg, and then went to Washington, scored 22 goals there, and the totals kind of dropped off from there. So I'm not sure if it was injury or what that ended up kind of uh, taking a, their toll on Ellenuck, but he was an eighth overall pick in 1986. He's from Foam Lake, Saskatchewan. I think that's up north near uh, – Prince Albert, I could be very wrong. Uh, well, but, he played for PA in the WHL, so yeah. May, so I maybe... think it's, I think that's where that is. It's up there, but uh, yeah, he was uh, a, a guy who wore 15 for most of his career. He did when he was with Washington. He wore 19, but uh, and then he spent uh, the the tail end of his career with Ottawa, um, and he wore 25 with them. But uh, other than that, he was a 15. So. A quick, uh, a quick little side note here. So mm-hmm. in a perfect kind of uh, reference to the redraft that we're doing next uh, segment, in 1986, Pat Elnick was drafted eighth overall by the Winnipeg yeah. Jets. Drafted ninth overall was NHL legend Brian Leach. So the Jets uh, were just one pick away from having yeah. <laughs> Brian Leach. Anyways, well, when so- we get to looking at the 91 draft, we'll see Winnipeg had the fifth overall pick in that year, and we'll, we'll see who... We'll see what happens in the next thing. Who they could have had, yeah. Yeah. Before we get to that, though, Randy, all this draft talk, I kind of, I kind of want to do the twenty twenty three draft simulator. So, this was something I think, uh, I think it was the year that Lafreniere went first overall. So two years ago or whatever that was, um, that I I I learned of this uh, website called Tankathon. And, uh, yeah, it just ranks the teams with the percentage chance and odds that they would get the first overall pick. And then you have a button and it just like randomly generates the team to see who gets first overall. So okay, as but, we but, know, before you do that, I just want to, I want to ask you a couple questions. So sure. you, as you were probably were about to say, uh, as we all know, Connor Bedard is, yeah. is the, is the coveted number one pick. Yeah. Just go through. Like you've got the tankathon window open there. Yeah. Go through the you know the teams with some of the best chances right now. Okay. And like and you know, do some photoshopping in your mind and like could you picture Connor Bedard on on those teams and you know you know where 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 do you see him before you hit the big red button and and do the yeah. sim? Uh, so you know, go go through those those teams that have the best shot at getting. So so currently, Bedard. as it stands right now, Columbus has the best chance of getting the first overall pick in the lottery. They have a 25.5% chance because they have the worst record in the NHL. They're 15, 31 and three. And, uh, you know, the, so the, the odds are looking good for Columbus at this point in time, right there with them is Anaheim and Chicago. Both teams also just have 15 wins. Um, but because of the, points i guess is how it's actually rate ranked or something um or win percentage or whatever it is it'd be the percentage yeah yeah so anaheim yeah. has a 13.5 percent chance of winning the first overall chicago an 11.5 percent chance uh trailing them arizona with a nine and a half san jose eight and a half percent vancouver seven and a half percent montreal six and a half percent and ottawa with six percent and Philadelphia with 5%. Um, 
So, you know, of those teams, I thought Chicago, um, they were, they've been kind of like the front runner as far as like teams that are tanking. Um, but according to Gary Bettman, teams don't tank. Uh, right. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> they just get really terrible for, uh, you know, a couple seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, completely coincidental. Like, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're not tanking. They're not no. tanking. They're oh, just, just like, oh, really? That's just... happening? Yeah. Connor Bedard? Oh, I've never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I could picture Bedard in a in a Blackhawks jersey. Um, you know, I, I think it'd be kind of cool if he went to San Jose. I don't think they've ever had a first overall pick. They've been close. They had a they had second overall, and we're gonna about to, we're gonna talk yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't yeah. think they've ever had first overall. Yeah. Um, and San Jose, you know, they're a team that. Uh, has fallen on hard times in the last couple of years, and they're kind of going through, I guess, a bit of a rebuild. But you know, um, they uh, they've they had a, a a run of success for a decade where they were like one of the top teams in the league every year, and it'd be kind of cool to see them get back up there. But um, yeah, they they actually have the fewest wins in the league right now with fourteen, but they've got. 11 overtime losses that's bugging up their chances. They just got to start losing in overtime for that Connor Bedard chance. So, um, but let's do, okay, let's hit the button. Since Columbus has a 25% chance of getting the first overall, we'll hit the button four times and see if they get it any of those times. So here goes nothing. Drum roll, please. Sim lottery. And on my first press of the button, Columbus. There you lands go. the twenty five percent chance. Montreal ends up with second. Anaheim third. Chicago fourth. Arizona fifth. San Jose sixth. Okay, let's try again here. Sim and Arizona comes out with the uh, the first overall. Chicago with the second. Columbus goes down to three. Anaheim at four. San Jose at five. Let's do it again here. Oh, Columbus oh. gets it again. Columbus, so Anaheim, Bedard, Chicago, Arizona, San Jose. Riding shotgun uh, with Patrick Laine and Johnny Gaudreau and Kent Johnson. Yeah, I mean, uh, not bad, decent, not bad. But yeah. like as far as marketing goes, like I guess Columbus, like if you think about the years with Rick Nash, like when he was like their franchise yeah. player, like maybe they could get back to that. But yeah. ultimately, I don't know, as a hockey fan, I think that'd be kind of – I, I wouldn't be too stoked on seeing him go to Columbus. No, it's kind of like, I don't know. I think it's just like a team that I really have a hard time caring about. Me too, and, yeah. And I, I feel like if Bedard went to Columbus, they'd get a lot more national, nationally televised games, um, at least in his rookie year. And uh, I, I'd be like, eh columbus <laughs> yeah but you know whatever but that's two out of three that they've won let's go for a fourth here and montreal with the top oh that'd be one. quite so, the story columbus was second and that would be something i mean imagine you know connor bedard in a montreal canadian sweater that'd be pretty wild uh nick suzuki and bedard and caulfield and kirby doc and yuri slavkovsky and Caden Gooley and you know the list goes on they just need a goalie easy, exactly easy, yeah easy yeah. to find one of those right um 
No, so that, that out of uh, four spins of the NHL draft lottery, lottery simulator, Columbus took it twice. So let's not be surprised, I guess, if Connor Bedard goes to Columbus. But, uh, you know, I think that we could also end up seeing him in anywhere from Montreal to... <clears throat> I just I don't want to see him in Arizona either, to be yeah. honest with you. <laughs> like, well, there's still roughly 30 games I think left in this season, yeah. so there's there's room to move. Who knows what's going to happen in Vancouver? Uh, they oh, might yeah, lots slide of time a bit tank. more. Lots yeah. of time to tank. Uh, not, they're not tanking though; just completely, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. coincidentally yeah. Yeah. trading off all their pieces of. Yeah. Uh, and actually, it was um, I, I saw a headline this morning um, that said something along the lines of "It's over." You know, Bo Horvat and the Vancouver Canucks, they're not negotiating. He is getting traded for sure. And then uh, uh, Elliot Friedman, I think, is I saw something that he was um, saying, like, you know, everybody's going on Vancouver. Myers is getting traded. You know, like everybody's going to get traded. And why not? I mean, they suck and they need to retool that team. So load up on draft picks. And uh, take your take your chances. If let's say you got like this is supposed to be a pretty deep draft. Let's say you have several high draft picks. Could you possibly convince whoever wins the lottery to trade that Connor Bedard pick? I wonder That'd if be the crazy. package was rich yeah. enough. Just like what we're going to talk about in yeah. the second segment. But let's go to a song. This is Little Bones by Tragically Hip here on Talkin' Hockey, the Hockey Talkin' Show. It gets so sticky down here Better butter your cute finger up It's the start of another new year Better call the newspaper up 250 for a hotball And a fuck and a half for a beer Happy hour, happy hour, happy hour, yeah.
That was Little Bones by the Tragically Hip. That came off their 1991 album Road Apples, uh, a classic Canadian rock album. I'm pretty sure you'll still hear that tune at hockey rinks throughout the country in between uh, stoppage and play. Um, <clears throat> well, we're going to look at the 1991 draft, keeping with our 91 theme. And we're gonna um, we're gonna kind of use our time machine and go back and uh, see if uh, see if things would have played out differently if uh, if we were in charge of drafting uh, all these players back then. So to to start, let's just kind of summarize the order that it did happen in. So so first first overall in 1991 was Eric Lindros. Uh, that was the big. You know, Quebec Nordiques had the first overall pick, and they they went with Lindros. He was the big prospect from the uh, uh, from the uh, Oshawa Generals, um, and you know, at that point, the Nordiques had Matt Sundin, they had Joe Sakic, they had Owen Nolan. You know, they were they were building a pretty nice team. Um, they had, you know, they had a handful of good players and Lindros they thought you know here's here's a, a guy who's going to be a star in this league and uh you know yeah, so they they took him number one overall but of course prior to that too like Lindros was tearing up the OHL yeah he he played for Team Canada at like at the Canada Cup in 91 and he was yeah. like the he was he was the Connor Bedard uh, exactly. In 1991, yeah. Exactly. The yeah, clear, like, clear-cut number one pick. Clear choice to go first overall, um, and then when it became clear that Quebec had the first overall choice, he famously uh, stated that he would never play for the Quebec Nordiques, and uh, there was a whole uproar about that. Um, I think, you know, not really knowing exactly how that played out because I can't recall exactly and I don't have it in front of me, but I think his dad was his agent. Maybe I remember, I remember his parents making like a statement like that. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then he refused to put on the Jersey or the cap at the right. draft. Yeah. yeah. So Quebec did draft him and yeah, he refused to put it on and said, you know, I'm never playing for the Nordiques. So what ended up happening of course was he was traded to the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, this is June of 92. So he played it, I guess, you know, he got drafted. He played another year of junior and um, with the Canadian national team. And then in that summer, when he's ready to go pro, he's traded from Quebec to Philly. This is quite a haul. Like this is, I mean, so as everybody knows, the Nordiques moved to Colorado and won the Stanley Cup on their first year in Colorado. The Nordiques were getting really good. I think there was like an NHL lockout or strike or whatever. The Nordiques move and then they win the cup. Like what a burn. But like this haul yeah. that they got for Eric Lindros really put them over the top, I think, in a lot of ways. And actually so got, it re it references a, a pick that's uh, a few uh, yeah, further down from For sure. From so Lindros. Steve yeah. Duchesne, Peter Forsberg, Ron Hextall, Kerry Huffman, Mike Ricci, Chris Simon, Future considerations, uh, a round pick, round one pick in '93, and a round one pick in '94, and some cash money. So that was a haul. 
for the Quebec Nordiques. They didn't get Eric Lindros, but hey, they had some. Uh, they had they pretty some other... much got a whole team in return. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's who went number one overall was Eric Lindros. Number two was uh, we just we mentioned a little bit. San Jose had the second overall pick. They chose Pat Falloon, um, who. From Fox Warren, Manitoba. Yeah, he, he, and and we've talked about Pat Falloon on the show before, and he was a, a highly touted Western League prospect, and uh, you know I think injuries, like Eric Lindros, injuries kind of cut his career short. The third overall pick was, I mean, arguably, and we'll talk about this, maybe one of the best players in the draft, Scott Niedermeyer, uh, the New Jersey Devils took him. At fourth overall, the New York Islanders picked Scott Lachance. Um, hockey fans, if you can tell me about Scott Lachance, uh, then you've got a better memory than I do. Because, <laughs> I mean... They, they definitely took a chance on yeah, Scott Lachance. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he played 819 games in the NHL, more than Lindros, more than Falloon, but I really don't recall him. Um at number five, the Winnipeg Jets chose Aaron Ward. Uh, Wardo, I think he's a he's a color like, guy somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs media or something like that. And at number six, the Philadelphia Flyers they selected the aforementioned Peter Forsberg. Um, Forsberg, of course, one of the you know one of the greatest hockey players of the '90s for sure. Um, you know, he's, uh, all, again, he was, his career cut short due to injury. Um, but you know, over 700 career games, he had 885 points, couple Stanley cups, you know, big time player, uh, Vancouver Canucks had the seventh overall pick. They chose Alec Stoyanov. Um, so that was maybe a swing and a miss on that one. The Minnesota, uh, I was going to say the Minnesota Wild. It was the Minnesota North Stars. They chose Richard Matvichuk, a defenseman from the Saskatoon Blades. The Hartford Whalers, with the ninth overall pick, took Patrick Poulin from the St. Hyacinth Lasers. And 10th overall, Detroit, they chose Martin Lapointe, who had a, a very solid NHL career. Um, and I... You know, I think he was a, 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 a Detroit Red Wing for, for many years. Won a Stanley Cup or two with the, the Red Wings. And, um, yeah, just a solid sort of uh, forward with them. Um, so that's the top 10 of, you know, the NHL draft. Maybe a, two other notables, three other notables from the first round. Alex Kovalev went 15th overall to the New York Rangers. Marcus Naslin, 16th overall to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Glenn Murray from uh, Bridgewater, Nova Scotia. He went 18th overall to the Boston Bruins. Um, not not the former mayor of Winnipeg. Not uh, former mayor of Winnipeg. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, this guy, me and my brother, I don't know why, but me and my brother called him Moose Murray. And if you look at his HDB, it says he's from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Guys, he's from Bridgewater. So, <laughs> um, hockey DB, uh, get your act together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but I think, I mean, similarly, I was actually born in Halifax, but I wouldn't say I'm from Halifax. So, I guess me and Glenn, we've got a similar history in that regard. But anyway, 
Um, let's look at the 91 draft, Randy, and kind of get in our time machine and go back. And let's say you have the first overall pick. What do you, are you taking Lindros or what, uh, like knowing what we do now, as opposed to then, I guess, uh, or do you want to play it that, you know, you're, you're in the same, you have all the same information as they had then, you know, you, you don't know how things are going to turn out or, uh, or like, yeah, I, I would say like in similar fashion to a lot of GMs out there, you have to take the best player available at your pick. Mm-hmm. And then whether or not that person, that player chooses to play with play, like for your team or play with your current roster, um, if they say no, then at least you have uh, like an asset to move, which clearly worked out in Quebec's favor. Yeah. But I, I think just, just, you know, picture an alternate reality, alternate reality where Quebec selects Pat Falloon first, if they right. know that Lindros doesn't it, play and yeah. then they don't get their Stanley cup, you know, and yeah. in Colorado. Yeah. And it's a, like, this is a whole new timeline <laughs> that we're on a la back to the future too. Uh, <laughs> But I think you like no matter what, even if the players, mom and dad, you know, they didn't have Twitter at the time. So I guess they're just talking to the newspapers. And if they said our son's not coming to play for your team, I think you still need to take him because he basically turned into the whole reason why Colorado uh, won the Stanley Cup. And they ended up getting the sixth overall pick plus money plus a whole bunch of players. Yeah, so. like Steve Duchesne was a very solid and reliable defenseman. Now, did they, they may have, and, and like Ron Hextall, I remember him playing for the Nordiques. They, some of those guys might have been traded in turn to other teams to bring back further parts Yeah, to, to bolster Colorado's kind of uh, roster as they went for the cup there. Um, but... I guess that was 95, 96, right? That the, the Colorado won it. And then, um, cause it was, it was like about 94 or 95 when the strike or the lockout or whatever it was. And, and then Quebec, they, they went to Colorado that season. I think it was. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think you're right. You know, like knowing what we know now, you still probably, you know, as, like like Eric Lindros was was touted like it, like it was a, it was very similar to to right now where it's the consensus number one is Connor Bedard like if a team didn't draft wh- whichever team if it's Columbus that gets the first overall or whatever if they don't draft Connor Bedard everybody's gonna look at them and be like what are you doing yeah it's like oh we need a defenseman <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so um what about what about going down a few spots to Winnipeg at number five, taking Aaron Ward? Um, what, uh, what do you think of that move? <laughs> was that the right choice? Like, well, obviously, again, obviously Forsberg was still available. Um, you know, and you look at, you look at some of the guys who got drafted later that went on to have pretty, pretty solid like Kovalev. careers. Yeah. Kovalev and like um, Ray Whitney. Yeah, Ray Whitney was there. Ziggy Pelfi. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, well, Marcus Naslund later in the first round, and like, you know, even Martin Ruchinski, he he had a pretty solid career. 
And I think he ended up in Colorado winning a cup there. But um, if you sort, if you sort the draft picks from that year by points, total career points, Ray Whitney does have the most career points from the 91 draft class. Alex Kovalev is second, Forsberg third, Nasland fourth, and Eric Lindros is fifth, despite having only played 760 games. Um, but if you sort it by most games played, Ray Whitney, Kovalev, Niedermeyer, Rolston, Sean O'Donnell. Uh, I think I remember him as a LA King, maybe. Nasland, Alexei Zhitnik, Mike Knubel, Glenn Murray. You know, these guys all played, Steve Steos, they all played a thousand games in the NHL. And Aaron Ward, I mean, he was a defenseman, right? Like, he was, um, I don't really remember him as a player, to be honest. You know, he was look- just, yeah, he was just kind of like a stay-at-home defenseman. Yeah. But like, if you think about the timeline, like T. Mussolini came to play for the Jets in a couple seasons. So, say you have Kovalev, yeah. and Kovalev is in the mix with like Jamnov and Kachuk and Solani and Teppo Numanen and you know Phil Housley, like all those guys. You know, yeah. maybe the, maybe the Jets like put together a pretty decent run in the early '90s. Um, I would say, I would say, I would lean towards you know. Now that we can look at all the stats in the meantime, you know, I think I would have picked. Uh, I think I would have picked Kovalev, or yeah. I would have picked uh, Peter Forsberg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, knowing what we know now, I I would say. Forsberg's got to be picked minimum of fourth overall. No disrespect to Scott Lachance and Aaron Ward, both guys who played 800-plus games in the NHL. But I also, like, Pat Falloon doesn't go second, though. No. In this new draft. Yeah, if we redraft, yeah. yeah. If we redraft, it's probably like a Lindros... Niedermeyer. Forsberg, Niedermeyer, or Lindros, Niedermeyer, Forsberg, you know, something like that. At fifth overall, yeah, you know... Alexei Kovalev is enticing, Marcus Nasland, even Glenn Murray. Um, but the one thing about maybe Kovalev that uh, might have put teams off him, maybe this is why he fell a little farther in the draft, um, was because of this sort of status of Russia at the time. You know, in 1991, the 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 wall, the Berlin Wall, had come down in what 89. Um, but in 1991, I think the Soviet Union was kind of just like transitioning from their sort of like super heavy, uh, communist state to, to becoming a bit more of a democracy or whatever. So, um, that might've had something to do with Kovalev dropping. That's true. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, it's like, uh, around that time. Like I think Sergey Fedorov would have been drafted around the not this year but somewhere right like he would have been a Russian yeah when later than this um, not not this draft I I kind of remember him maybe earlier yeah nineteen eighty nine he was drafted so and he he was drafted in the fourth round so that's probably. For yeah, sure, you, a sign of the Russian. You wouldn't uh, take a chance on a Russian. No, you don't early. know that they're coming yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So you're not going to draft Fedorov in the first round. 
he ended up being obviously like an amazing player, 1200 games, you know, almost 1200 points kind of thing. Um, and, uh, I believe he's in the hall of fame, but, um, yeah, uh, with, with Kovalev, I guess it would have been a little different because he, um, he was taken in the first round. So, you know, um, so who, who would you pick at, at the fi- at the number five pick for Winnipeg? If, if you were the GM back then, I mean, if it played out the way it did in the top four, I would have taken Forsberg, you know? Um, but I think maybe, uh, maybe Glenn Murray would have been a, a sweet choice too. Like, um, I don't know. He was a real power forward and they did have Keith Kachuk already at the time, but like imagine, I mean, the, the early nineties hockey, it was kind of, uh, you know, it was a lot of big guys on the ice at that time. So, um, yeah, Glenn Murray couldn't go wrong there with that. Um, yeah, the the previous year, 1990, the Jets drafted Keith Kachuk and Jamnoff mm-hmm. uh, the year before. The Jets back in the WHA days had a real Swedish connection, right? And, yeah. And uh, so maybe, I mean, this is this is like, you know, um, Jets 1.0. Maybe Marcus Nasland would have been a big hit here in, in Winnipeg. Oh, even uh, Forsberg. He's Swedish. Yeah, for sure. Um, but Naslin, of course, was drafted by Pittsburgh and then, um, traded to Vancouver (laughs) for actually, that's an interesting, uh, trade. I did not realize who he was traded for, but he was traded for Alex Stoyanov, who was Vancouver's, um, draft pick. Yeah. Seventh overall. overall. Yeah. So uh, that's that's an interesting trade. Sto- Stoyanov, Alex Stoyanov. I, I don't remember this guy at all. Uh, well, he only Lanzer played a hundred games. Yeah. He was a big guy. Six, four, two drafted seventh overall by the Canucks in 1991, played 107 games, scored seven career points, two career goals, both of them with Pittsburgh. Um, so you know, he was a career minor leaguer, I guess you could say. Played in the AHL, IHL, the WPHL for the New Mexico Scorpions. <laughs> it's a badass sounding team for sure. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, that that's a swing and a miss by Vancouver, but then they turned it into a pretty amazing trade. What was Pittsburgh thinking trading away Nasland like that? For... Uh, now, now that we've probably completely uh, alienated all of our listeners by going <laughs> off on this crazy tangent, but it is something quite fun to to go back in time yeah. and, and try and do a redraft. But I, I got one last question for you before we throw to our next song. Okay. Uh, just based off this draft, you know, Eric Lindros goes first to Quebec. You are the GM of the San Jose Sharks. You're, you're, you're the, the, I'm pretty sure this is their inaugural season. Um. Their yep. expansion yeah, team. Yeah, Falloon was their first ever draft yeah. pick that they had. So, yeah. so you know, as a GM of a brand new team, uh, with everything that we know in advance, or you know where we are now, where who would you have picked at number two? And maybe San Jose wouldn't be so crappy right now because you would have put them on a different uh, uh, timeline. Yeah. Who do you who do you take at number two? I think I think honestly, like Scott Niedermeyer, <clears throat> he was. I mean, he was like a touted junior player, 
you know, as a defenseman, he scored 82 points for the Kamloops Blazers in uh, 90-91, which I guess probably would have been his draft year. And um, just a smooth skating defenseman. Um, you know, in those days, defensemen were, they tended to be bigger and not counted on for offense as much. Um, but it's not like Scott Niedermeyer was a small guy, six foot, 200 pounds. You know, he, he, he knew how to play defense, obviously, but like, he was just such a good player and he led the devils to some cups, maybe Anaheim. Did they win a cup when he was there? Um, yeah, they did. Yeah. I think, you know, and he was a real leader. He was highly touted. So like at the time, like, I mean, he took, he went third overall, obviously. So like he was highly touted, but yeah, I think if San Jose, if they had taken Scott Niedermeyer, they, cause the first several years of their existence, they were bad. Like yeah. they were, they yeah. were not good. The, um, the other, the other thing to remember about this era is like the classic hockey cards, like where they were like wearing the jersey with their baseball cap, and like the baseball, like they some of these guys have like perms or crazy yeah. hockey hair, so their their hats are like kind of floating in air. But uh, that's pretty much all the time we have for the 1991 redraft. All right, um, make sure you guys all play play along at home uh, one of these times. Yeah. Send us some DMs on who you would have uh, uh, yeah, who's drafted going first and, overall for you, or yeah, second and, and or fifth what or what other year should we look at? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, moving um, forward, uh, Tom, uh, we're going to play uh, another track from 1991. Yeah. This one's, or do you want to play this song? It's from Brian Adams. What, yeah, which song do, do you want to, you want to yeah, play? No, um, okay. Yeah. We're going to play Can't Stop This Thing We Started. Yeah. Brian Adams. You mentioned before the show, the song that you really remember from this year was. Uh, everything I do, I do it for you off the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves soundtrack, which in 1991 was my favorite movie. But uh, we're going to go with a different album off, uh, or a different song off the album, Waking Up the Neighbors, which, uh, you know, some classic can right here. So, yeah, so uh, this is Brian Adams on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Stop the hurricane Might even stop the driving rain You might have a dozen other guys But if you want to stop me, baby, don't even try I'm going to run away Your way It's such a strong way Let's make it 
guy, that was Brian Adams with Can't Stop This Thing We Started. And, you know, we're here talking hockey and uh, we can't stop either. But we we've only got, you know, an hour here with you on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg. So we're going to have to stop the thing we started at some point. But we've got a few more minutes. So we're going to um, we're going to we're going to carry on until they force us off the air here. So, Randy, um Big day for you. We're recording this on Saturday, the 28th of January. Show uh, won't be released for another two days here on mm-hmm. uh, Monday. And so listeners, by the time you're listening to this, you can, of course, go through, click some links, and watch this. Randy, why don't you tell us about what what uh, you're putting out into the world today? What's the, the big release day for, for your latest project? Yes, today, January 28th, Saturday, is the very first episode from the Outdoor Hockey Club documentary series. Uh, came out uh, on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Outdoor Hockey Club. Uh, I spent a weekend in Mooseman, Saskatchewan, actually home of Dave Tippett. We were just talking about him. There uh, we go. I didn't know Tippett was from Mooseman. I from mean, Mooseman, I probably yeah. knew that, but I forgot, yeah. I guess. So a uh, little project that I put together where I'm going to different parts of the country to explore uh, some great hockey places, hockey stories, hockey people, uh, you know, put together in a little, little bit of a kind of a documentary form. Uh, someone that I've kind of connected with over this past few weeks, they all, they, they almost likened it to the hockey version of still standing. Well, I don't do a, st- I don't do a stand up act. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's something show. that you can build yeah. into. <laughs> maybe I can do some hockey drills at the very end or something. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to do stand up, unfortunately, or fortunately for, for, for y'all, but, right. uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, check it out on Instagram at outdoor hockey club and on YouTube. Uh, I've been getting some great feedback uh, and yeah, uh, future episode next next week's episode uh, is kind of uh, linked to talking hockey. I did a little live on location right. uh, appearance from Whitehorse, uh, and then we got some other episodes to follow from across the country. But uh, we're about down to about two minutes left in the show. Another important date that happened this past week was Thomas's birthday. Oh. Tom, you know, yeah. hopefully the talking hockey DMs are just flooded with birthday <laughs> wishes and and gift certificates from. Uh, the liquor mart. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll tell you, I got the best uh, birthday gift a guy, uh, a hockey player, could ask for, and that was a, a game on my birthday, uh, there you which go. has happened a few times. Um, so, um, and and fortunately for for us, we came out on top with a victory on our birthday, and I was able to score a birthday goal. So. Um, that's always kind of exciting. It's funny because, uh, Danny Margarita, I was playing on a line with him, which, um, I haven't really done much of at all this season, but you know, there we were out there together. And, uh, he said to me as we were going, he's like, he's like, I won't score until you score. You got to get your birthday goal. And I was like, okay, well you might be waiting a while. (laughs) And, uh, and then there we are, what, 20, 30 seconds into the game. We get a face-off in their zone. He won the draw, <coughs> came right to my stick. I made one little stick handle move, and all of a sudden I'm standing there in front of the net uh, with all the time to spare. And I've got my eye on that top glove corner, and that's you know more or less where I put it. Uh, <laughs> I think the goalie certainly got a piece of it, but not enough. And uh, 
in it went. So anyway, we uh, we ended up getting the three two win, and of course, Randy, uh, you you played the shootout hero. The game went to overtime two two, and then nothing could be decided. So that was the first shootout game that I can recall being a part of in like a very long time. Um, and so, yeah, tell us about your shootout goal. Well, I just decided I should swing really wide, uh, which I did. I swung all the way to the right, uh, tried to make uh, Fletch uh, push off the post early and go short side. He didn't push. So I was like, <laughs> ah, I guess we'll see what happens here. And uh, the puck kind of just, you know, barely made it in. But yeah. well, just down to about 20 seconds to go here in the in the episode. Tom, you also share a birthday with the second greatest player of all time behind Mary Lemieux. Wayne Gretzky. That's right. Uh, uh, but yeah, let's uh, send off the folks here with one more song and uh, close out the episode here. Sure. Yeah. We'll take another cut from 1991. And this one, you're going to hear this in lots of uh, hockey arenas around the NHL and across Canada. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those lover hated songs, I think. But this is to- uh, Life is a Highway by another Tom. Um, uh, what the heck is this? <laughs> Tom totally Cochran. Drawn. Tom Cochran. There it is. I was drawing a blank there. Anyway, Tom Cochran, Life is a Highway, here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. It looks like a road that you travel on when there's one day and the next day gone. Sometimes you bend, sometimes you stand, sometimes you turn your back to the wind. There's a world outside the dark and door where blues won't haunt you anymore. With the brave are free and love is so come ride with me to the distant shore. We won't hesitate, break down the garden gate. There's not much time left today. I'm